Hey ladies, welcome back to the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. I am so happy to have you here today. My name is Trisha and I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. On our episode today, I wanted to explore this idea of neuroplasticity and in particular, if it's possible to make any changes to our brain. This is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while because I feel like on this podcast, we talk a lot about what the research says when it comes to nutrition, but so much of it is related to mindset and habit formation. And so trying to figure out if it's possible to create new pathways in our brain to make these habits stick was something that was that I wanted to explore and to talk about today. As humans, we learn so very much when we're young, but somewhere along the way, I feel like this knowledge starts to kind of, I don't know, kind of just goes away and we don't really learn or we're not exposed to as many experiences as maybe we were when we were younger. I have a six-year-old and I think of all this stuff that he learns every single day and how just how open he is to learning it. And it's really amazing all the things that he's able to absorb in comparison to what I'm able to absorb. So as we go on with our lives, I feel like so much of the time we are not having these new experiences. And maybe sometimes we feel like it's not even possible to have these new experiences or to be able to make these changes to our brain. In the old days, when they started studying all this research about brain, um, just about brains in general, there was a belief that we as humans only learned up until a certain age. But as more and more research comes back about brain development, it's clear that as the brain was explored more and more, that it is possible to have changes in your brain over time, although it would be harder to do past a certain age. So it seems like the research supports the idea that up until the age of 25, it's, a, it's, it's much easier to learn things um, and have that neuroplasticity in your brain. But over the age of 25, it can still happen. It just takes a little bit more effort and it also takes a little bit more time. The the process is a little bit slower than what you're learning and how fast the rate that you're learning when you are younger. So as children, we're always, always doing or learning something new and all of that learning and all of that doing help to promote neuroplasticity in our brains. But as we aged, that level of stimulation to to promote that neuroplasticity is probably different. So the good thing is, is that it is possible for us to rewire our brains and to make the changes that we so desperately desire. And this whole idea of having this brain change happen is called neuroplasticity. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Now, as a caveat, I am a teacher. I am not a doctor. I am not a neurobiologist. Um, I am a dietitian. So I'm going to explain this to you the way that I understand much of the information that I 
that I obtained on this topic was just reading, um, reading. And then I don't know if you guys do any of the Huberman Lab podcast. So he has quite a bit of um, podcasts on this idea of neuroplasticity. And I will leave his information in the show notes. He is a neuro, I think he's a neurobiologist. So he would be someone who would be much more experienced and educated on this topic. And so if it's something that is really interesting to you, then you can refer to that. So this idea of neuroplasticity basically means that your brain is able to adapt and change over time, despite what they used to think in the old days. Now there's this understanding that our brains are are malleable and that it can be changed based on some of the behaviors that we're trying to do. And that the more we challenge our brain, the better it will become and the more we'll be able to learn and the pathways we can create. So our brain is able to respond and function to experiences and things that we learned in life. Um, And when you learn a new skill, there is research, even though we're over the age of 25, that neuron connections still become stronger and new neural pathways can form. So most of the things that we're trying to change in our life and why I think this is important is because it may be rely on, it may be, it may rely on us learning new skills. So if we're doing something, if we have been wanting to change our health for a long time and we haven't quite learned the skills on how to do that, then there's always the possibility that as you practice those skills and as we're going to talk about here, there is a possibility that you can change that, that it doesn't have to be what it is now, that it doesn't have to be something that may never happen for you. It will probably take more time and effort and repetition, but it is possible for it to happen. So just because you haven't been able to achieve it at this point doesn't mean that it is impossible. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That you can rewire your brain and you can learn new things and adapt to changes that you want to make. So what this really relies on is a couple things and it's we're going to kind of go into like very, very surface level, like kind of understanding of what happens when we are trying to make these changes to our brain. So the, the goal is to create an environment and a pattern that helps us facilitate this idea of creating neuroplasticity. Remember this, like making our brain malleable so that it can respond to the changes that we're trying to, to make. So one of the things is recognizing that you want to change something, right? So basically, again, we're going to refer to a lot of this from Andrew Huberman and, and his labs and the podcast on this, because he actually has like, a, um, he kind of has like an outline on how to like increase neuroplasticity. He has different steps. So we're going to talk about it just in general, and then we'll go into a little bit about like just when you're learning something new and then when you're trying to learn about habits because I think they all kind of go together. So the biggest thing he talks about is that you need to have this kind of awareness that 
that helps make the change possible, right? You have to recognize that you want something to change. And I think that for most behavior changes, when we look at our life, we do realize that, right? Like, oh, I don't like this. I want something to change. And so what happens is, is once you're able to create that awareness, your brain actually releases chemicals um, to help make those changes occur. So you can't just be aware and have the chemicals released. You have to kind of move further, but that's kind of the initiation of the change to begin with. And so then your brain, so the, the main thing is bringing attention to it. Your brain will then stimulate like some of these chemicals to help make that happen. And so he kind of goes through like these different levels of when you're, when you're trying to like learn a new skill or when you're trying to learn something new. He goes like through four different steps and I'm going to talk about them briefly and then I'm going to get into habits at the end. So one of the things that he talks about is that you need to have this, you need to have this like level of alertness. So you need to have your brain get into a place that that you can maintain some kind of like some kind of attention. So what he says is you need, so you have these two chemicals in your brain that he talks about. And the first one is epinephrine. And you need to have epinephrine in order to create this alertness to this idea that you are trying to create this change. And so you kind of need to dig deep in that and how you're going to be able to maintain this level of alertness, right? So what he talks about is when you're creating this a level of alertness, it's really trying to figure out like some of the reasons why you want this change to happen, right? So you've identified that you need these changes to happen. You have these chemicals released. The first chemical is your epinephrine. And that is basically going to be like, all right, why do I want this? Kind of exploring that. Why do you want this change to occur? And creating alertness around that. So just kind of really trying to bring attention to it and to have some alertness around that. And what that does is it basically helps you figure out your why and so that you have a really good understanding about why you want to make this change and why it's important to you. And this will also help you... um, I think it'll also like help you try to figure out what your body needs. And also when they're talking about creating alertness, it's this idea of trying to figure out what time of the day you feel most alert. And so if you're going to be in this area that you want to have this change, when are you the most alert? How are you the most alert? Do you need caffeine to make you the most alert? Um, making sure that you're hydrated enough, all these things to continue to create alertness besides your why. So trying to figure out why you're doing it to create alertness, trying to figure out um, what it is, what times of the day you're the most alert so that when you do decide to make those changes, you do them at a time that is a time that you are most alert during the day, making sure that you are drinking enough and being hydrated enough so that you can continue to um, to have that alertness because that will help stimulate this epinephrine. The second thing is that you also have this chemical that releases for focus. And so 
the focus part of it is, is once you're able to figure out what, what, what your why is and to have that alertness around your why, it's having the focus on the thing that you're trying to learn so that you spend less time on things that are taking away your focus. So basically what they're saying is, is that the more attention you put into something, the more your brain will be engaged, right? So if you are, if you are like playing on your phone or not being very focused, then it's going to be very hard for your brain to engage and for you to change that behavior. And then it's going to be harder for you to create those neural pathways. And so you want to be able to challenge yourself. And the way to do that is that you're focusing on something and that you're not focusing. Like, I think a lot of times we do this thing where we're not completely focused on something and that we are doing multiple things at one time. And so by doing that, we're not really learning because we're not really having a focus. We are on our phone, we're doing social media. And so we're not really in tune with the change that we're trying to make. So what he talks about is increasing focus so that you are paying attention to to one particular thing, especially if that's a habit that you're trying to create so that you can put all of your attention in that so that you can really start to learn what that is and so that you're not distracted um, because if you're distracted, then you're not really learning because you're not putting your focus in that. So again, first having the alertness, second, having the focus and trying to maintain focus as much as you can to change and to make that change happen. The third thing he talks about is that we have these bouts of learning during the day. You want to be able to have learning that you're able to do it during a time that you are feeling alert and that you're focused enough that you can pay attention so that during this time that you're learning, you're actually learning the activity. What he talks about is that you have 90 minutes of, you know, having these bouts of 90 minutes of learning that you can do in a day, just starting with one bout, right? And so he, how he breaks that down is that you have like a five to 10 minute warm up where you're not totally focused. And then you have like this 60 minutes during a 24 hour period that you are, basically putting attention to one different thing. And so when we're talking about this, we're talking about really like any skill or anything that you're trying to learn. And basically what he talks about is this idea of you're putting all of your attention into something for 60 minutes and that the more you're able to do that, the more this is going to help your learning. But the interesting thing about this is that you are going to have periods during this 60 minutes that you're not going to want to do it. Your mind is going to drift. You're not going to be able to sit still. You're really uncomfortable. But he says to really just keep doing it and stick with it because as you continue to do that, you can start to learn how to channel your energy so that as your mind starts to drift, you're able to bring attention back to it the more that you practice it. And then over time, you are able to bring it back and to really remember what it is you're learning and you're able to do it so that you have like a good 60 minutes where 
you may have this drifting back and forth, but the more you're able to bring it back, the more you practice it, it's going to improve your level of learning and how much is absorbed and how to create these new pathways. And then the last thing he talks about before we get into habits is that you need to then prioritize sleep and have some kind of, or have some kind of non-sleep rest. So basically you've done all these things. You've had this release of chemicals, you have increased alertness, you have increased focus. Now you've had these 60 to 90 minutes where you're learning a new activity, but really what really is going to help create that neural neuroplasticity is having the is having the rest, right? Is having some kind of rest or non-sleep rest, he calls it. And so a lot of the neuroplasticity is happening when you sleep at night. This is where all the learning that you did during the day is now is is kind of sinking into your brain and creating those pathways. So the learning of what you will do and what you've done happens at nighttime. So he talks about this idea that, you know, it's trying to figure out how much sleep is required for your body in a 24-hour period and that everybody has a different amount of sleep that's required. Typical sleep is seven to nine hours for most adults. And so if if you're learning a new skill and you don't sleep that great, the the night that you learn that skill or maybe you're studying for a test and you're learning that you may not have that learning that night but then the next time you get really good sleep that's when it's going to kind of sink into your brain and he also talks about like this idea that it doesn't always have to be sleep that's going to help create that neuroplasticity and that malleableness of your brain and these new these new learning opportunities but also when you're doing non-sleep rest. So this could be like naps or um, just kind of like being in a space that you're that you're kind of mindlessly like um, like mindlessly not really like mindlessly resting, he calls it. So having some kind of mindfulness. So basically it's like having some kind of time that you don't have any distractions. And this also will help create this neuroplasticity that is in your brain. And so your brain is not set on what you know and and what you've what you've learned already in your life that you can change your brain and gain new habits over time. So we just talked about that like this idea of creating alertness, focus, a concentration time of 60 to 90 minutes and then sleeping will be something that will help you create those or increase your neuroplasticity. So then in addition to that kind of like outline, he also talks about this idea of behavior changes in the brain. And he talks about like when you're trying to make behavior changes, it is it tends to different it tends to be like yes you can change behavior in your brain but you have to be like it's easier to like add on a habit if you're already doing that habit well so it's it's going to stick a little bit more so if you're already doing something but you're not doing it that great then it's probably not a habit that's going to be able to stick so he talks about this idea of 
when you're making habit changes, really trying to create this, this environment and this routine daily that can kind of help you create these neural pathways of the habits that you're trying to form. Actually, I don't know if you said daily, but just that you're doing it consistently. And so one of the, one of the most important things that he talked about in creating new habits is that it's really important to make errors. Okay. And so failure is part of it. And this is why that when you make an error, an error, or what you probably perceive as a failure, it actually allows the shifts that you need to take place for behavior change to occur, right? So I think that's why you have to probably be able, like if you're trying to build on the habit, that's probably why it's important for you to have to be able to be able to do something already if you're trying to add on to a habit, if you're not doing that habit that great, then it's probably not going to stick because you don't really have it down. And so I think how errors really work into this or what, again, what you perceive as failures is that it really just, we need that feedback in order to change or redirect what we're doing, right? And so you we want something to be You'll notice that like the more you fail at something, right, the easier it is. And over time, if you're okay with having that failure, that over time, if you keep with it, it's something that you learn. Well, this is what he says is really the key in learning new habits is that you have to be okay with making errors or having what you perceive as failure because this is all part of the process. And he talks about that this is one of the reasons why kids are so successful because they don't think about it. They just, they make, they don't see something as a failure. They just try something and if it doesn't work, they redirect. But adults are much slower at doing that. I think because there tends to be a lot of like shame or judgment or something when it's perceived as a failure that kids probably haven't learned that yet. And so in terms of what's happening in our brain is that our nervous system won't change or redirect if we don't make errors. So if you're constantly doing the same thing, but you're not failing, then we're not going to have that feedback to change anything to get where we need to be. And so having, having or making errors allows us to have more plasticity because it allows you to shift the way. Um, it, it allows us to shift to a place for change in behavior to occur, it allows your, it allows like this feedback when you fail or make an error at something triggers release of the chemicals in our brain that's necessary for neuroplasticity to occur. And so our nervous system allows changes so that you can start making changes. So basically what that all is about is that you need to make an error or to fail at something in order to create neuroplasticity in your brain. And that what he also noted was that when we're feeling really frustrated that we can't like get something even though we try, that's actually helpful because it helps release 
um, a higher amount of epinephrine. And that's one of those chemicals that will, if we keep trying and doing something different and redirecting, that that will help us create neuroplasticity in our brain. So making failures repetitively as well as telling ourselves that those failures are good really accelerates neuroplasticity. So I think that's an interesting part too is for adults to get to this place is that not only we're doing something and we're not going to be that great at it, but that it's good for us to go through that because we actually need to have the experience of the failure or to not be good at something in order to really help our brain to form those pathways that are necessary for change to occur. So I think it's just remembering that any new habit that you're trying to do, I think so many of us want it to be easy and we think that we're going to just be an expert from the beginning, but really we need these chemicals to be released in our brain in order to increase neuroplasticity. And a way to do that is to remember like that we can draw attention to it, know what our why is, spend some time doing it sleeping, but also being okay that you know it's going to take a little bit of time to get the routine down and to be okay with that. And all of those things are going to be the things that help you create neuroplasticity or increase that malleability in your brain and to help you get that habit down. Now, he also talks about this idea that the more frustrated you get and the more you dig deeper into trying to figure out, okay, why didn't this work? And why didn't this work? And why do I want it, but it's not working? And the more you dig deeper into that and the more you stay with that, the better it's going to be that you can create that neural pathway. If you walk away and you just quit, well, you're not going to really be able What's going to end up happening is you're going to rewire the failure and not the behavior you're trying to do. So if you stop it and you never get to a path that you're able to redirect that in your brain, then you're essentially reinforcing the failure itself. So not to quit. That's like kind of the big thing. Because if you're quitting, then you're reinforcing that, that failure. When it comes to habits, in addition to making errors... The other thing that he talks about is this idea of making small, short, incremental changes when you're learning something new. So on this podcast, we talk about making the smallest steps as possible to make it any way that will make you moving forward. And so this idea continues in this idea of creating neuroplasticity in your brain because the shorter, smaller Um, changes allow you to make these errors that are also smaller, right? So if you're making these little tiny changes, then if you make what you perceive as a mistake or a fail, what's not that big of a deal. So you'll probably be like, all right, that's not that big of a deal. Let me keep going on. And also the nervous system needs to find the errors. When I, I know this sounds weird, I'm saying error, like a failure, and it doesn't sound like I'm saying an error. So basically it's saying that the nervous system needs to find what you perceive as the failure so that it can make the shift. And the nervous system in itself needs to figure out what the error is. Um, and you don't, you don't want it to take too long 
Like you just want to get to a place that you're like making these perceived mistakes or these failures or these errors, <laughs> if you can understand my my error, um, so that you're making these changes in these small bouts so that you can be like, okay, this is the change. I'm going to do it. You respond to that and you redirect. And then you keep doing that and you keep building on top of that, making the changes. Does it work? Does it not work? Redirecting. And then over and over and over again, your brain and your nervous system needs to figure that out. needs to figure that out along the way so that you can figure out over time what works for you. If you are making changes and you're doing them really fast, well, it's really hard to really pinpoint where it is in that process that you need to redirect or what's not working. So if you're making, if you're, if like, if you have too many of the, if you're taking so much time and you're making a lot of things that you perceive as mistakes or failures, it's going to be very hard for you to a identify what those little things along the way need to be changed. And then also you probably will get pretty frustrated because you'll feel like you failed and then just quit altogether. And then the last thing besides the this idea of making um, errors and to do small, short, incremental changes is deciding how badly you want something to occur. And so a lot of this is this idea that you can change faster and make these changes faster and incre- increase neuroplasticity if it's something that is important or crucial to your life. And if it's not crucial or it's not crucial enough, then the desire may not be high enough and it may not actually happen. I think a lot of times with us, we think that this change that we want to make is crucial and that it's adamant and that we want it right now, but it probably isn't as crucial as we think that it is. And so when he talks about crucial in his podcast, he talks about this idea of needing food. And so the different studies that he talks about is this idea that if you need food and you need food to survive, then it kind of ups the ante and we really need that to occur. And so that because we want that to occur and we need it to occur to survive, it doesn't take a long time to make that happen because we've been able to speed it up because our life depends on it. And so that's kind of what he's saying here is that even though the process of creating neuroplasticity, we think over the age of 25 takes longer, there are times when we are making these new pathways, when they become so crucial to our life that we're able to do it much faster, we can kind of speed up the process a little bit more than maybe we would um, we would normally. So when we're talking about this idea of rewiring our brain, it's important to kind of know this information, to kind of have a little bit idea of what's happening in our brain. And that information, so all these things that we talked about, isn't probably going to be enough for you to change the behavior, right? But you must know some of the important things that we talked about. Like just because you know this information doesn't mean that you're going to be able to practice it right now and that 
you've thought about it, and you're going to be able to make that change. You must know why you want to make this change and bring attention to it, right? We talked about bringing attention and focus. So you want to you want to bring attention and focus so that you can release those chemicals in your brain. You want to be able to um, decide that you want to do something new and that you're okay to fail at it and make those failures so that your brain can kind of redirect you into what you need to do. You must be persistent and intentional and repetitive. And all these things will allow you to help create these pathways in addition to getting adequate sleep so that anything that you've learned has been able to kind of help you so that you can reinforce them while you sleep. So it's important to remember that neuroplasticity in general contributes to this idea that you're creating new habits and routines. And when we're able to have that repetition of specific behaviors, when we're able to repeat these behaviors over time, we are able to become more efficient at the changes that we're trying to make. And so not only the more we practice it, the more repetitive, the more consistent we are, but it also will help, it will help the, it will strengthen the connections that are involved in the brain to make that habit stick. And that then behavior will become much more um, automatic and it won't be something that we have to work so hard on doing. Although at the beginning, it probably will be very hard and it will take some time. So I hope this, I don't know, I hope that this idea of neuroplasticity kind of peaks something within you. I mean, I know that we're probably all in a place that there's something that we want to change. I know for me, um, I have some things that I want to do. And even in doing this episode, it kind of made me think a little bit more about like, oh, okay, like I I have to kind of really have a little bit more focus on what it is that I want to achieve and kind of made me think about a little bit more about why I'm trying to do it and then that it is okay to to make that failure because if you're like me, you want to do any everything and you want to be perfect. Um, I know I can't be the only one out there. And so a lot of times I don't really want to take that risk of not doing so great and not doing that habit because I don't want it to fail. And so kind of getting into a place that we're okay to fail and that it's necessary to be able to really have that um, habit form in our brain. We need, we need to have that so that it can guide us and put us on the path of, um, of making that change stick forever. So I guess I'll kind of end on the note that, you know, it's just taking small steps, even the smallest change that you do. And now we know from some of the the science when it comes to our brain is that it's actually recommended to do these small incremental changes that over time, no matter how small, will kind of get us to where we need to be. And so that even if you're doing something today that you feel like, isn't really making a difference. I suspect that if you continue to do it, 
no matter how small, as long as you're able to continue to do it, have the repetition of it and the consistency of it, you'll be in a different place and you'll be much closer to what you're trying to achieve. I thank you so much for listening to this episode today and please share with anyone that you think would benefit from it. This is a way that we can grow our community and hopefully at some point I can do more podcast episodes, um, you know, based on the, the growth that occurs. I will see you guys back here next week. And again, thank you so much for being here today.